Right. Well, here we go then. Welcome to episode 76 of The Empire Strikes Back, a UK-based podcast uh, for UK uh, New Yankees fans with an American uh, side order uh, with us uh, as, as we have this recording. Just going to give you a little warning before we start, because we're obviously a family-friendly podcast. There may be some, uh, some <laughs> frustrated expletives that come out, uh, not just from me, but I'm, I should mention I'm going to be one of them. So if you're, if you're sat in the car with the kids listening to this, uh, maybe turn it off, or if you've got a a, a priest round given the last rights to a family member maybe uh just just save this this podcast for another occasion uh because i think it's good the language gonna get a bit choice uh, and and i promised on the facebook group that we're, we're going to be as honest as we possibly can so uh i'm rob welcome and thanks for joining us and tonight i am joined by jack how you doing jack yeah all right rob yeah pleasure to be here as always as <laughs> <laughs> jolly as i can be mate to be honest I was trying, that, you've summed it up perfectly. I was, I was trying to explain this to my son on the way back from rugby training tonight. It's like, imagine you've had a day at school that you really hate and then you've got to tell your parents about it. Uh, 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 next up, we have Mr. Chris Ward. How are you, Chris? Tip top. Tip, <laughs> tip freaking top. Uh, <laughs> and, and lastly, joining us uh, for his second appearance, and we're really grateful because I think uh, many of you will follow him on Twitter and aware he's got a lot to say. Hugh McKenna's with us uh, as well. So thanks for joining us, Hugh. As always, thanks for having me again. Um, so we've agreed, I think one of the things we'll do is Jack very kindly put something on the on, on the Facebook page because it's very easy for us. We, we can cover a lot of the same ground as we go through this Yankee season and we talk about streakiness and bad hitting. And but actually, it's really, really important that we take a moment just to get your feedback. So what we're just going to go through some of the stuff that we got uh, on the Facebook group. And many thanks to you for, to, for feeding in on this. Uh, if we just go through a few of them and then we'll, we'll lend ourselves in. So to start with, uh, big thanks to Phil Pricey Thornton, who I, I think this is a little bit of poetry in this one here. Fire Boone, Fire Cashman, Goodbye Kluber, Goodbye Gary, Goodbye Glaber, Goodbye Brett, <laughs> Trader Aldous. Uh, if Cole isn't seriously injured or playing through it, we need to look at, at avoiding his contract and walk away from him. He's been shockingly poor. Next year, Alan Florial, Judge and Stanton need to be the outfield. Chase Freeman in free agency for first base. Let Rizzo go as he can't hit well enough. Uh, uh, Right-hand pitching. Try and acquire a good young pitcher with team control. Cortez, Monty, Hill and her man need to be the core of the rotation, to which Jack responds very eloquently. So just a few changes then. I mean, I, I agree with some of it. I agree with yeah. some of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but Cortez, Monty, Hill and Herman being the core of the rotation. Yeah. No, there's a couple of bits where he loses loses me as well. The fact that the outfield will be Alan, Florial, Judge and Stanton. It's, uh, yeah, there's, there's aspects of this where I agree. The Cole, void, trying to avoid the Cole contract is not one of them. But um, yeah, I, I <laughs> it's... it's um, a very interesting take on things, to say the least. That's a, I, I, that's an yeah. overreaction of losing and being pissed off. I feel like right there. I, 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 I think uh, Phil took a deep breath and started to run out of oxygen towards the end there. No offense to you, Phil. It's fantastic. But the, the rotation of Cortez, Monty Hill and her man, and certainly on this podcast, if we could not have her man in that rotation, <laughs> because uh, one, well, 
just generally because we don't like uh, men who beat women uh, as, a, as a as a standard rule. Um, but 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 thank you for feeding that there. And uh, obviously, Kev responds as David, uh, who has appeared as part of this parish, that uh, said, "It's the hope that kills you." After the play this season, not a surprise, but you're always hopeful. And I, I think I think that sums my experience up perfectly, actually. You, you're just hoping this team are going to dig out a surprise and you get some euphoria. Apart from those that can't be moved because of contracts, I can see I can see opening 22 looking significantly different to last night. I'd like to come on to that a bit later on. Uh, Jason, as ever, uh, thanks, Jason. Uh, always lively on the Facebook page. Uh, piss poor performance. Again, no fight or desire. Uh, and I love this. Uh, another spunking of runs in the first via home run is <laughs> slowly becoming a Yankee trademark. Lifeless bats when we need them the most. If you can't fight and up to your levels for this, well, then fuck off and find another club. Uh, <laughs> Phil, uh, Kev responds on something, but we'll, we'll go back to some of Kev's stuff later. But he's, Phil Nevin cost us big time. And I think we do need to discuss that uh, as we go through Kev. I think you're absolutely right on that one. Um, Phil talks about how we've turned into a little league World Series team. Chris doesn't know this team anymore. There needs to be major surgery to where do we start? And I think this is the feedback from the Facebook group where we all left after after the last performance where you go, it ain't good enough. Where the hell do we go from there? So let's just talk about what happened last night, boys, and and, and get into the into the, the the shit sandwich as it was. How were you feeling prior to the game when you saw the lineup. How did you feel that things were going to go? And, and we'll start. We'll start with Hugh, if you don't mind, for this one, and then we'll, we'll rotate things around as we go. Um, I um, I was not thrilled even before the lineup came out when uh, they lost Lemayu with his situation. I know he hasn't had the best season, but I feel like that was a major blow to the team. Um, I was at the game last Saturday when they got embarrassed 12-2. That was my first time back at the stadium in two years. And I really watched that shit show. It was and, um, you know, I just feel like it started, like, even like even on Friday, the vibes from them, just even, like, when Boone was going to, like, Brayu in the first game of that game and in a one-run game, and they were down one run. They only had to do was win the game, you know, and then they ended up scoring three runs in the bottom ninth. So, like, I know I'm getting off candy, but, but – with the way the lineup was last night, it's like you have Andrew. I'm not knocking the kid. You have Andrew Velasquez starting a playoff game. You're at shortstop. I mean, and you got Hidakashioka catching. You got Brett Gardner platting. And for God knows why, you have Joey Gallo cleaning up. I don't know why. He's been so bad for this team. Um, I get the trade when they made it, but he should not be cleaning up for this team. Um, if anything, you should have sandwiched him in between Judge and Stanton. Like, you know, don't have him protecting Stanton. Like, that's the worst just construction I've ever seen from the lineup in a long time from Boone. Um, you know, they didn't get any walks or anything like that. So, I mean, that's just where to start and we'll get into it more. But I just, for the for the lineup, when it first came out, I was like, wow, that's seven, eight, nine is really not great. <laughs> but that's kind of how I felt with it when he first started, when they first came out of the lineup yesterday. I, I, I think you're generous on seven, eight, nine now. So what about you, Jack? What did you make of it? I mean, it's, it's I guess I, I agree with what, what Hugh said a lot of it. It's just, I've never felt confident going into this game. A lot of times in the last four or five years, I felt confident going into the off-season, post-season game. So I just didn't, I thought, no matter what lineup they put, as as Chris said, the DJ LeMayu, not being in the lineup, it's a big loss. Even with him being a shadow of the player he was last year, it's a big loss. Um, 
you got Velasquez, as much as the story is nice, you're going into him with a must-win game. you got him at shortstop. I know it's him or Odor, so you'd rather have him, but I don't like, I've never liked Brett Gardner starting big games because he's not the player he once was. So I've always thought that you could go with your best outfield, which is Stanton, Judge and Gallo, and sort of get your best players on the field. Um, uh, yeah, I just didn't feel confident from from the from the go, no matter what lineup they put out. Really, to be honest. Chris, I did the big red flag to me was Gallo in the the cleanup spot, as Hugh mentioned. I, you you guys know how I feel about Gallo. Um, he hasn't performed. He scares me in left field. He's done he's done better of late in the field, but no, he scares me. I I just think we've got better players than what we put on our, not even on our starting lineup, but on our bench. I mean, don't get me wrong. And I, I mentioned this a few weeks ago. Luke Voigt hasn't been playing. Is he injured? Is he? Yeah, is he, 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 yeah he was on the 60 day. Yeah. He was he? 60 day, yeah. See, I, I almost prefer to have an injured uh, Luke Voigt than a, than an Allen or a Brantley on the, on the lineup. And equally, I, again, don't know what's wrong with, um, with LeMayhew either, but he was clearly playing through something before. Yeah, for they, a whole season. It was a, uh, and it's a, it ended up being a sport hernia, I guess. Sport, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So that's so. that. You are likely to make that worse quite catastrophically yeah. by carrying on playing. So I get why not. But yeah, it, it seems that we got to an end of a stuttering se- season where we've played with a different lineup quite regularly every week. And then we put out another different lineup for our most important game of the year behind a pitcher who needed the confidence, really. Uh, it didn't make any sense to me. And, yeah, didn't feel very good from the word go. We we recorded on Monday night, and I think we all felt quite positive. We thought, here we go. I mean, I, I, I even tried to form an argument that it could be okay playing in Fenway. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, no, just I, I was happy. I was happy, Rob, playing in Fenway. I thought uh, the way that Stanton was playing, mm. um, and, and let's face it, I mean there was a couple of opportunities for Stanton to do a bit better than he did. Um, and and he, he nearly was a very big difference maker in that game, but those fine margins came to, to fall on the wrong side and, and that the, the green monster was just a bit too small. Yeah. 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 And I, I think, I mean, for me, I looked at it and thought, well, we need Cole to have a good game. And I just wasn't confident, you know, with, with Cole, I, 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 th- I thought we'd do a bit better than we got. I thought we'd last longer, but I looked at it because my concern was: where's the runs coming from? Where's the hits coming from? Once you get past, once you get through one to three, where's where's the hits coming from? Where how's that how's that going to work? And if they're if they're cold, then we're we're in trouble. And so it, a lot of it for me came down to Gary Cole. What's Cole going to do against Evaldi? And um, I mean, we've got to talk. We I think we have to start with Garrett Cole. We have to start with Garrett Cole. And what the hell's been happening there? Is it, you know, when they're talking about voiding his contract, is is there an option in these lads' contracts where you go, right, this is the player you are with sticky stuff. <laughs> this is the player you are without it. So let's halve your money for the amount of money you spend on spider attack. I don't know, you know, because there was a little while there where he actually found his way back, actually. I thought he performed quite well when they made these, when they, when they took the sticky stuff out. But it just seems to have gone wrong. Um, for, for your in, point in of view... Game? I mean, because yeah, well, yeah. it's been, I say one game, it's been two games, isn't it? 
He struggled like, in two been, games all season. Like, it, it's been like the last five games that he's in all mm. September. He was shit. He's been laying down a stretch. But, I mean, when they needed him most in September, he wasn't uh, after. Was it he pitched that one good game against the Angels where he had the 15 strikeouts and then he got hurt with the hamstring the next start against the Blue Jays. And ever since that, he just wasn't the same pitcher. And I'm not making not he wasn't making excuses for himself, and I'm not gonna make excuses for him either. But you know, you almost kind of got the, the vibe from the media guys, like they were talking about oh, him having COVID and the, the hamstring, and I'm like, but at the same time, like if you're compromised, you shouldn't take the ball, you know, like if you go out and pitch, then you got to go pitch. It's like Derek Jeter said, there's a difference between playing hurt and injured. Like, you know, if you're going to post, then don't make, I mean, he didn't make excuses for himself, which I can appreciate, but I mean, if there was something really going on there where he was hurt and couldn't pitch the ability he was supposed to pitch at, you know, I don't know. I just feel like it was kind of like, I don't know. It was just very weird. Like just, he had no fastball command last night at all. He couldn't control any of his pitches. He was pitching scared. Um, you know, he was a he was ahead of Devers in the first inning, just for example. And then he like went pitching away from him. He didn't attack him. Mm-hmm. And then he throws a a fat flat changeup to to Bogarts like batting practice, which was just like a terrible pitch selection, and it just got crushed to center, which was what you're supposed to do as a hitter. So like, I don't know. I just feel like the whole. I'm not a big Higashioka fan, so, like, I don't think he's that great of a catcher. Um, he can't hold runners at all. You know, his game game calling is just suspect to me. Obviously, he can receive the game, receive well, which is what they love. But, um, you know, he doesn't he doesn't hit enough to, to, to do that. And Cole hasn't pitched well enough, in my opinion, to deserve a personal catcher. You know, that's just kind of a bitch boy out. If you, you know, it's just kind of that's how it seems to me. With that that's situation. my that's my biggest takeaway. He is uh, he can no longer walk into that, that dressing room on the first day of spring training and go, I want a personal catcher. He, he cannot do that no more because mm-hmm. the way he's performed in those last four starts and in the biggest game of the season with that said personal catcher, you, you can't claim that it's actually benefiting him anymore. It is what he... He could you use the word selfish in the terms of if he wasn't fit and he wasn't healthy and couldn't pitch the way he can, and we know he can, was he going out there to sort of prove everyone right on a selfish personal or prove a point rather than thinking of the team? We have gone, look, guys, I would really love it, but I am doing more damage to the team by going out and then pitching. Could you could throw that narrative out there, but He's he's still he's still one of the best pitchers in the game. Let's, let's not get confused. Let's not get things screwed up. He's how, still how, one of the best. How pitchers. much shit would he get though if he turned around and went, "I'm not feeling it. I'm not I'm not pitching tonight." This is the the, the rocket, the ultimate rock and the hard. Yeah, this is this is where you I get mean, that kind of the the sort of stigma of you've got to go out there and play. But let's, let's say Kluber went out there and he pitched or shut out innings and then went to the bullpen. Are we going to then say, "Well, Cole made the wrong decision then"? We're going to say, oh, no, he made the right decision. We had the pick that was fit and healthy, maybe a Cortez, maybe Montgomery, you name them. Could they have done what Garrett Cole done on the, say, one leg, for instance, because his hamstring? Yeah, I mean, I I, I get, I guess, you know, like it, it's like what you said, I do agree. Like It almost seems like almost like a stubborn as an ox kind of thing. Like, yeah, I'm going to go and prove selfish. everyone wrong. Yeah, like he was doing the same thing even in the last Toronto start. Like he was just like, you know, just his typical uh, – 
when he gets like bullish, kind of like, like he doesn't listen to anything. Like he just was getting killed on his fastball against the Blue Jays who hit fastball predominantly. And he didn't go to any other off-speed pitch until after he was already down four nothing. You know, it's like, you got to make adjustments on the fly there. You know, he does, he didn't throw his breaking ball at all. He has one of the best curveballs in the, in the, in the MLB, you know, when he's on and his slider and he just didn't throw it. And even last night he wasn't really throwing it. So I don't know. There's something I'm not, you know, like I said, there's something up for something going on, but I don't know. It just seems like something's just not right, you know, and, and it just seems like, but. Let's get Chris in on this then, Chris, because I, I love you. You, you. I haven't seen a James Bond film recently. You've got this Bond villain stroking of your of your beard as you're listening intently. Uh, I can't work out if it's sinister or if it's... Uh... Uh, you, you know my feeling on the catcher situation. We've got two good backup catchers, but they're no starters, either of them. And for me, there's very little difference between the two of them. And, and actually, I'd prefer to start Kyle Higashioka over... Sanchez because he will get you more strikes called fact so I, I, I don't see that there's a great deal of difference between him and, and Sanchez in terms of holding runners on there's a little bit um, Sanchez is a little bit quicker but it's 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 marginal um, so yeah in terms of catcher I, I think the right choice was made I think in terms of uh, how Cole pitched he yeah he didn't have as much command as you'd like him to, and he missed higher and wider than he has done in the past. But I think he, I, both teams were subject to some awful um, umpire calls. Uh, I, I think there was uh, quite a few. I, if you look at the missed calls, and I haven't looked at this yet because you know, there is stats to show you know, how, how many missed calls there were. There were some quite egregious strikes called on batters and equally some inconsistent balls called as well. Um, so yeah, if I was um, Cole and I was working the bottom of the zone, which is what he was trying to do, um, trying to work up and down, I'd, I'd be annoyed at that situation as well. The, the, the issue is in a, in a playoff game of that magnitude, you need your Garrett Cole to be able to get out of that flunk. And he just didn't look like he was going to last night. And you, you also need your manager to recognize that you need to make a change. And I think he recognized that, that it wasn't working um, and, and changed Cole, I think probably when he needed to. I think it's one of those things where I felt like it was a bit too late, but because it's Cole, you give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, and, and he just, yeah, he just didn't perform on the night. To say I want to avoid his contract when he is still one of the best pitchers in the league is utter madness. I, I get it's a big, big contract. Um, I get it's expensive, but we've been here before. We've been here before. A-Rod w- was a, a huge contract and wasn't contributing in the postseason, and, and he helped win us a World Series in the end. So I think we've been here before, and I think we probably need to give Cole a little bit more time. Uh, so, yeah, I, 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 it's it's an unfortunate thing in a one-game playoff wildcard scenario where actually that said to you before, I, I felt really pretty confident in the team that we had and pretty confident in Cole, quite frankly. Um, but 
he had an off night and Evaldi had an on night. And we, we've seen the, exactly the reverse of that almost you know, a couple of weeks ago when Evaldi, you know, we battered Evaldi all over the place. So that can happen in baseball. It, it can happen. That's why I hate the one-game playoff, personally, but that's just my opinion. I, 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 yeah, I don't mind it too much, actually. I, I hate it when we're in it. <laughs> I hate no, I mean, I rather, I rather than just play like a two, like a regular normal series, like best out of three, you know, like a normal. There has, there has to be some sort of penalty for not winning the division. The Yankees have only got themselves to blame for being in that game, and so Boston. If they were to lose, they've only got themselves to blame. You, you should go and win the division. If you don't like, if, if fans are not like don't like the one game playoff, go and win the division. Simple as that. There's no way. Yeah. That, and, that's and that's the way you just, avoid the one game playing. Just to like even touching that too, like like with Stanton with his balls last night, like at least two of those, maybe even three, would have been home runs at Yankee Stadium if mm. they were playing that game at home. And then it goes back to like all the games, like that, like the problem with the Yankees, and it's become an issue over the last few years, is they don't take the regular season seriously. Like they don't care about it. They want to do things their way, and they just think they're going to be there in the end of the playoffs, which is like a bad, bad look. Like I can just, for example, go back to that games against the Tigers where they got swept in, in Detroit this year, you know, they didn't play their best players. They were trying to line them up for the next series, the eight games that they lost to the goddamn Orioles, which is just a disgrace in my opinion. Um, even going back to the Mets, the last game against the door that time when they lost the last game to the Mets, like that's another one. There's just so many times this year that they like, and in the eighth inning or later when they, I think it was 12 times this year that they had a lead or they gave up the lead in the, in the eighth inning or later this year and lost the game. So that tells you everything right there. And then on top of that, like, yes, the Rays are very good, but with the games, the Rays went, what, 18 and one against the Orioles this year. We went, I think, what, uh, we won eight or like 10 and eight or something like that or whatever it was. I mean, it was just disgraceful in my opinion. But Yeah, I agree with you. It's, you need to, like teams like that. You need to be beating them. Fact, and and you don't even need to just be scraping by. You need to be battering them. And, and we just didn't. We didn't look like we were going to either. And that was the sad thing is when we came across those teams, we, we just we just couldn't beat them. And you know whether we won or lost last night. You know we haven't talked about this either. But whether we won or lost last night, there was no way that team was getting past the race. No. Absolutely no way in the world. After when I, when I was at that game on Saturday, just like they were like literally, you could just send like they were like toying with the Yankees. I feel like like they were up six runs and they're still stealing second and third base with Rosarena. Like they were laughing and giggling. even even on the Sunday, the Sunday yeah. where we beat them, they gave us that win. They didn't want to be at Yankee Stadium anymore. They essentially gave us that win because if they, if they wanted to win that game, they would have took it seriously. You walk judge. Yeah, double play. the double play for Stan. But they didn't, they didn't, yeah. They were just like, yeah, well, if they win, they win. Who care? We're nothing to do with us kind of thing. So yeah, that's right. Even if we won last night and we we're going, in, going against the race, we, we, we were going to, we were in for a hiding, I think. I, uh, I described it as euthanizing a sickly animal. You know, when you, you take an animal to the vet, it was just, it just felt a bit like that. You know, the, the, this, the, there was an, uh, an inevitability about it. Uh, For me, is the main was... difference between this season and let's say the last four, where when we got knocked out in what in the seventh game of the CS in 2017, we got beaten really gut wrenching. When we got yeah. slapped around by Boston in 2018, I think it was really yeah. horrible way to go out. When we got um, again Houston walk off home run in 2019, 
horrible way to go out. Was it game five in the DS last year against the Rays? Horrible way. This one just felt kind of like, yeah, that's kind of what we expected. You know what I mean? There wasn't that kind of gut wrench sort of, I'm rough. I really am sick to my stomach the way we've lost this game. It was like, Okay. I don't know. If, I don't know if my reaction was because I'm. I'm just like, oh, here we go. Going to get dogs abuse, shit all over Facebook and Twitter. You want you want all social media to go down because you're like, everyone's going to crow on about the Yanks, and we know we know they're crap. I referred to the video at the start of this season when, when there was a guy who was running and he was like, my big prediction is the Yankees won't make the postseason. So like, well, I hope we just make the postseason just to shut that. Up. <laughs> <laughs> that bloke, then we would just deal with it, the rest of it. And it was one of those, I completely agree. It was, I was more angry. I was more angry when, it, when I watched the, because um, I, I must admit, I dipped in and out of the game because uh, just old and needing to sleep. And I started it and then went, got some steam and came back and, and all those kind of things. And I, I must admit, I came down for the, uh, the uh, I was there for the Stanton off the, off the Green Monster and the Phil Nevin call and things like that and I think that that was a mixture of just just angry about seeing those kind of things and then you just realize then you just find yourself going god this team are just ranked bad at the minute this is just a bad organization at the minute. this is this is this is this is bad news um and and can we just briefly talk about that because in terms of uh some of those decisions that are made on the field uh, um do you, do you think that was the do you think Phil Nevin had a choice do you think that was the right decision do you think uh, I don't know. I just he's just got... he's been I think notoriously bad this year. I think I saw a stat. It was something like this: twenty-two times this season, we've had a player thrown out at home plate. Yep, and twenty-two like, times leads it leads the MLB. He can't be our third base coach purely just on that stat alone. Whether you think the last night's was a send or whatever, you can't have twenty-two players out at home when you send them. Third base, and they've had 50 altogether in the season thrown yeah. out on the bases this year. So, it's, like, that's just crazy. So, yeah, I it was, it was, I, I said it last night on in a tweet about whatever time it, in the morning it was. Whenever we get a bit of momentum, the Yankees we get that Rizzo home run, we get the judge infield single, Stanton hit absolutely nails one to, to center, left center. We just seem to get a bit of momentum going. This Yankee team finds a way. Whatever way, base running, poor hitting, poor pitch, you name it, bad decisions by Boone, they find a way to just go, right, we're taking this momentum and we're throwing it out the window. Yeah. That was where my sort of, I was always like, thinking, if we can get Evaldi out of the game and still be within three, two or three, we're in the game. Cora takes him out for no reason whatsoever. He basically hands, basically going, there you go, have a go at the bullpen. They're rubbish. We'll see what we can do. And then we just give it all back to Boston. We just literally hand it back to them with with this, yeah, with this call. So they, they find a way to beat themselves, and they did. Yeah, that's they found a lot of ways to lose last change. night, and that was that was the key one for me. That send for yeah, for, the game, the game, the game was over to me when he got thrown out of the plate. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know whether or not it was. I mean, it was a terrible send. I mean, they had a great relay on it too, which is like another, you know you have to give them credit for having a great relay, but at the same time. I don't know what he was seeing. Like Judge was just t- touching, maybe barely touching third base when Bogarts got the ball. I think the, th- the thing is, you know? right? You got you got um, what's called Renfro, who if I know he's one of the best arms in the majors, I think he's got the most outfield assists. I know that. Me sat here in Surrey, England. Phil Nevin should know that, and Bogarts has got one of the strongest arms at shortstop in the league as well. 
he they should know this. That's going for that's his job. Yeah. If Cole's job is to pitch and get strikeouts, Nevin's job is to know this information and understand what's going on in the field. It's like, just, I, I wonder. I wonder if he like in his mind was he planning in factors of like because Gallo was up next. Like even though you know like in his career Gallo has like two sack flies in his career. That's it. Two sack flies in his entire career in the major leagues. Now and that's what that it was. shouldn't. Yeah, like that. Sh- I mean it. In a way, like it could be thinking that way, but it sh- he shouldn't have been thinking that way because even if Gallo does get out, you still you've have got to give him that. You've got to give him that yeah. chance, haven't you? Yeah, I think it's yeah. to do with the game plan, though, guys, as well. I, I the game plan from the Yankees was clearly we're going all out attack from the very first pitch, swinging yeah. on the first pitch. You know that the game plan was to attack, and I, I as much as you could want to pin this on Phil Nevin. I think he was doing what he was told and he was told to attack and be you, aggressive. You can change, you can change your plan. Okay. First, in, oh, yeah, first yeah. time through the order, attack, attack of Aldi. get, get his, get him on the ropes, essentially realize he's got his stuff and he's pitching. Well, go to the guys, right. Okay, guys, plan A's out the window. Let's yeah. start drawing our walks. Let's start making his, yeah, they didn't, they didn't have, one, they didn't they didn't have one single walk last night. Not one. I think they, there was, um, for, for they, they never that... went, they never went one and oh in the count. Yeah, they, they for a team that led the league in walks and led the league in chase percentage rate, that was like, like in a positive way. They didn't do anything last they night. They never got a lead off batter. They never got oh. a lead off man on base. Which it was just start pathetic. rallies without yeah. getting a lead off man. It's on just base. like another typical postseason of the Yankees bats just going quiet and going dead, you know. And it's the same philosophy that the problem with that I have with this team and like that is going to continue to be a problem if it stays the same is that they're awesome at beating up third and fourth starters in the season and beating up middle relief pitchers in the bullpen in the middle of the summer. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty and they need to get guys going when they're facing like top guys in the playoffs, they just can't do it. Like they just cannot do it. Like I, and like, I know people are saying like Stanton, like I'm not going to, I'm my, I've always, I've had my issues with Stanton before, but after the last two postseasons he's had, there's no one that can knock him for the way he's played. And he literally carried the team down the stretch with Judge this year. The man hit 20 home runs since August 3rd. He had 52 RBIs. He had a 314 batting average. Like anybody that wants to put this on, on Stanton, like can just go get Crocs in my opinion. And Judge, you know, him and Judge were the only two guys that hit this team. They literally carried this team down the stretch on their back. And no one else hit, not one soul. Like it was just so frustrating to watch every single day. It was the same thing all the time. So, like, you know, I, I mean, kudos. I want to just understand, like, giving kudos to Stanton and, and Judge the way they played the season. And that's what even more scary to me is, like, we had a healthy and ju- healthy Stanton and Judge this whole entire season, and we still almost finished fourth in our division. You know, we barely made the playoffs. Like, that just is a red flag to me. And, and on top of that, and I know it's like we're getting into both things, but, like, the Jays are, are, are coming. They're so much better. They're going to be so good. The Rays are just a juggernaut, as they always are. The Red Sox, this was supposed to be a retooling year for the Red Sox, where they're going to start to spend money again. So, like, if the Yankees don't do anything or they start to run this back, whatever they call it, or, like, it's just not going to be good, I feel like. It's just going to be terrible. I think, I think you're right. And we're talking about – we talked at the beginning about change. And and the fact that there needs to be some change, that's that's fine. But uh, yeah, I think you win ninety two games in a season where you struggle. Then actually, I, 
not sure we're doing all the things terribly we say we're doing. I mean, we won 92 games. Don't get me wrong, it's not enough. We should be winning over 100 and we should be winning the league. That That's fine. But still, 92 gets us to the postseason. It's not to be sniffed at, surely. No, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think that. I'm just, I think that, like, in a way, even though they, they, you know, it's not, like you said, definitely nothing to be sniffed at. But in a way, if you really look at their team aspect, like, if you look at their run differential this year, it was like plus 40. Yeah, so, like, they, in a way, got lucky a lot in some of their wins in the one run games because they played really well in those games, like in a way, but like, like look at like for a team like the Rays, I mean, the, the Blue Jays, they had like a plus 145 run differential. So like, I know that's not the major stat, but I feel like that's a way to look at a team how they played down in a season where like there was, they were very close in one run games. Like that's where they thrived this year, but it was like, there was too many of those games where like it taxed the bullpen and it caused, you know, other issues, I feel like. But. Well, yeah, I, I I know what you mean, but again, I, I think I I worry that we're ending up in descending into entitled Yankees fans territory again, where where we say, oh, it's just not good enough. We need to blow this team up when we've won ninety two games and we've got into the postseason. Don't get me wrong; it was a very short lived one, but uh, and it and it for me personally, I want to see it much much improved. But yeah, that there's there's a fair few other teams that would would kill for a 92 win season when you're struggling and and for some reason we have this year uh, and and I think we need to address it but but equally uh I still think the the big reaction that are oh, sack Nevin because he made one one poor decision and yes he might have made others over the season I uh, I think that one sort of stands out as a a major issue. Yes, he should have known. He should have been able to make that call better. But if you look at how close the play was, and and you're right, Hugh, the 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 play, the the relay was perfect. It was a really good relay with two very strong and accurate arms that you probably saw happening. But equally, it was still a relatively close play for for what it was. And and you have to make everything has to go right for that to happen. And it went right for them. It went right for them on the night and it didn't go right for us. Fact. Uh, and uh, you look at the, the the small margins, the Stanton hits that we talked about earlier um, and, and things like that, where, you know, an extra foot in height on a, on a shot would have could have made a difference to a game that one of those throws being offline, even remotely scoring that run changes the changes the momentum of the game. So you can see why they wanted to try and change the momentum of the game by, by making those aggressive plays. Yeah. It's like, that's why it made me so angry that they didn't really push harder to try to have that game at home last night. You know, like that's what yeah, really yeah. ticks me off because like even one of the balls Gallo hit, it's a home run in 25 out of the 30 ballparks. And then mm-hmm. one of his fly balls last night, he crushed the ball to like right center or right field. At, at he, did, yeah. he got caught at the wall. So like that's easily a home run in Yankee stadium. I mean, and you can say, Oh, you say this or say that, you know, Bob, you don't lose your hand kind of thing. But like, it's a fact when you, when the stat cast comes up and you see where the ball was launched and where it was hit, like that's one of the reasons why this team has annoyed me so much this season is like, they don't quantify taking the regular season seriously. Like they just expect that they're going to be there every single year. You know, they're pumping their chest about like, Oh, we have 29 straight winning seasons, but yet 
you have one World Series champion, and this is going to sound like an entitled fan, I know what you said, but like you have one World Series championship in 12 years, and you've only been to one World Series in the last 18 years. So like there is a way to say, oh, you're entitled, but at the same time, like you can start to almost question things a little bit with Cashman per se, and like what is really the philosophy? Like what is really going on? What is what is the main goal here? Like what are you trying to accomplish? Like you have now you had now you had the uh, Tampa Bay Rays are, are a dynamite team. They built the right way. They don't even have a lot of money and assets in, as much as we do. Um, and then you have now the Red Sox who have built two separate cores in the last four years. They had the core of 2018 that won the World Series. And now they have a new core in this year. It's two different teams. And both those teams kicked their ass and knocked us out of the playoffs. So, like, I don't really know, you know, and 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 one of the, and the guy that's running running the Red Sox now is a former Rays guy. So, like, I don't know what it is that they're not doing right. Like, they're not developing players. I mean, they're starting to, like, like guys like Volpe and, and, and Peraza and things like that. But, like, I just I don't really know the answer to like what they have to do. Like, is it is it a, a whole thing where they have to clean house, or is it like is Boone going to stay and Cashman's going to go down with him, or is Cashman going to leave if Boone leaves? You know, like, or are they just going to say we're not going to give you a contract because you know his con- he technically doesn't have a contract for next year, so they're just going to say they're not going to renew it. But I don't know how you guys. Let's feel. let's I mean let's see what Jack thinks because Jack Jack has to carry the burden of of UK Yankee social media. <laughs> and so he's in the firing line more than, more than any of us, I think, but he does get a free key ring every year for doing it. Uh, and so, <laughs> so where, where, after this game, where are you at now, then, Jack? Where, what, what's the change? We've got the list of what all the guys said. You're the guy that put it on Facebook. What, what's, what's the change? Pick two, I don't know, two key changes that you want to see happen after this. Uh, changes right so I'll, I'll preface by saying cashman's going nowhere not that i would not whether i want him or not that's different guys cashman will stay because he's got one more year left in his contract and he's 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 there he's just saying he's staying so the, the, the discussion whether he's going on i don't think it's really a discussion boone for me has to go i don't i think he's dale there now there's there's no more there's no more sort of go for him it's kind of run its course naturally end of his contract you're not sacking him you're not making it's just it is what it is run his contract they can use the same thing they used for Girardi which was his contract ran out we just want to freshen things up the other one that's got to go for me is Marcus Thames the hitting coach I just too many times in the last four to five years our bats have gone quiet at the wrong time. And he's the main, he's the main thing. He's our hitting coach. And he's been our hitting coach for quite a while. Um, those two outside of the playing staff are the two changes that I would make right now without even thinking about it. Um, I, I, I just can't, those two are the ones that don't work for me anymore. Yeah. Just to touch on you, so like you to even back your point up about Tins, like the Yankees, and I don't know if this, I mean, it could have something to do with when they had the juice baseballs, whatever they say. But in 2019, I think there was 10 Yankees in the lineup that held over an 800, 900 OPS. And since 2019, there's only been two guys that have had it, Judge and Stanton. So it's one thing to, like, lose a few guys with that situation with the juice balls or whatever. But, like, the approach of, like, losing, like, 10 is, like, 
that's got to be on some kind of approach at the plate or the way that they're coaching hitters or. It know. always seems to be a regression in Yankee hitters. Yeah. They've regressed always seems since 2017. Yeah. Every look year. At, right? Sanchez, when he came on the thing, dynamite when he first came up, regressed. Yeah. Uh, same with David Torres. Came on the team, has now regressed. Even DJ this year has kind of regressed a little bit. There's, there's a lot of ones I'm not even mentioning that you could say the same. It's, it's just yeah. hitting side fails too often for this man, this, this Marcus Dame, to have a job any longer so, for me. Sanchez went from Johnny Bench to South Pasano real quick. Mm. It's, it's but, crazy. It's, it's and and I, I feel like they screwed up towards, I agree with you, like they should have just left him at second base, that's my opinion, he just looks so much better there. I, I, I get why they, they tried him at shortstop to use a natural, that's, that's where he came up through the club system as a natural shortstop. So to say that, oh, we're going to give him a chance shortstop is not a crazy thing. But they left him there too long out of sort of and like heading to say they Cashman was never going to be proven wrong in the sense that oh we said he's a shortstop actually no he's maybe not a shortstop he's a second baseman he didn't want to be proven wrong so I think they stuck him out there like a season too long essentially the, the, the changes that I feel like if you know what I'm saying like, that I want to see or I want Sanchez off the team um, I don't think he just he needs a new change of scenery or something like I don't know he just he just doesn't do it for me I don't know you know I want him off the team uh, Chrissy Chris is having a ball with this one but uh, this, is, this, is a, this is go on Chris I'll let you have that <laughs> it's, it's only because there's another person in another one of these screens who uh, who couldn't I, 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 Gary Sanchez could do no wrong could he Jack uh, Gary Sanchez right so oh, I, you, like, you like Gary I oh, he could break into Jack's house and defecate all over his walls <laughs> And he, he would find fine art in it, mate. He would. <laughs> Gary Sanchez is my sort of, he's, he's my second favorite Yankee behind Judd. Yeah. Um, I really want him to succeed. I really, really, really want him to succeed. Cause that, that, that potential he showed when he came up in the first time for me is raw talent. And oh, yeah. he, he has regressed. I, don't get me wrong. He's not, for me, he's not a starting catcher anymore. I, I would go out and get another catcher and try to get someone that's going to catch 120 games a season. But I, I, I wouldn't get rid of him just yet in terms of totally just getting rid of him. I, I would stop him from being your first, your, your, your yeah, um, be, main catcher. starting every day. But, um, we're going to need We're going to need a first baseman next year. Well, I, I said I, I would. I want to see. Uh, I don't. I think Boyd should be traded or like. You know what? I mean, I don't think he's just. I like Luke, but like he's always hurt. You know, all the time he can't stay on the field. Um, he's a butcher at first base. Like let's be honest, he can't play the position well at all. Um, you know, I I feel like for me personally, like I think the mistake that the Yankees made this past season was not bringing back Tanaka and giving that same amount of money to Corey Kluber. That's just me personally, and. Tanaka had a great season in Japan this year. So, like, I know he could come back here. What, are they really going to bring him back? Like, I don't know if they're going to do that or not. But he was just seemed like a very calming influence on the entire rotation. He took the ball every day, took pressure off Cole. You know, like, I just feel like, you know, I'm obviously the tie-on move seemed to work out, which was solid, and he'll be here next year. But uh, And Gallo will probably be here next year. Which I don't think they're going to trade him or they're really going to get much form if they do. 
But the player that I really want the Yankees to bring in, <clears throat> and I don't, I don't know if it will happen or if it will, but I really want the Yankees to sign Corey Seager. I really want them to sign Corey Seager. I feel like he is a young player. He has a lefty bat. He plays good shortstop. They can move him to third base eventually if Geo leaves. When one of the you know, if one of the guys are ready to come up and Volpe and uh, Barraza, um, I really feel like Volpe is a legit prospect. I scouted him this summer when I was working for the Renegades. Um, he can hit the hell out of the ball. He feels the position well. He's smooth. Like I think for the first time, and I probably could stick my neck out of this, but because I know a lot of Yankees prospects have fizzled out, but for the first time in a long time, I think the Yankees have like a legit hitting prospect in Volpe in the minor leagues. Like that was just, he's turned from what he was when he got drafted to what he is now. His power has been, you know, consistently hit like I think 20 something to almost 30 home runs this year. Um, he went, I know he's still in high A. He'll probably start in the high A next year, maybe double A. But like in that situation, I feel like, you know, the balance has to continue with the lineup. Like, I don't know. I mean, is Hicks going to come back and be your starting center fielder again? I mean, he's always hurt too. So like, and that's my issue with the Yankees is like, they need to stop going away from like these like high risk injury guys and like go with true, true guys that can just get the job done. That's where they have a mistake in the philosophy of the, of the thing. They're just too set on like taking these high risk rewards on these pitchers that like can like fizzle out and look at Kluber. They did the same thing and he ended up getting hurt. Like he was okay when he pitched, but then you knew that was going to come and he was going to get hurt. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just rambling on, but. I think, your, right, point, I think your point about Hicks is probably pretty good. You, I think we, we keep forgetting that he exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that uh, Kev's not a big fan, but I think the, his contract is not too unfriendly. It's what, 10 million a year. Yeah. It, you it know, it's like three or four years left on it too. So exactly. And terrible. he's not been terrible, like you say. And if, if he's injured, he's injured. You kind of want him to come back. And I can't think that they won't give him a chance to be the start, starting centre fielder next year. I just can't think they won't with with four years left on his deal. So I, I think that's still his job to lose. Yeah, um, I, yeah. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. What's your, what, what's your two things then, Chris? What's the two changes that you would want to see? Um. I think shortstop is a, is a so for me, it's straight out the middle. Like you look straight out the middle of the park, you go catcher, pitcher, shortstop, center field is the things that you need to fix. I don't think center field needs fixing because I think it'll end up being uh, Hicks's job. Shortstop needs fixing. Um, and I, I like Corey Seager. I think that's the right move and the Yankees should make it. I agree with you, Hugh. Um, catching needs to be addressed. We need to get a catcher in. Um, and I don't know what the the answer to that is, but we need a catcher who isn't a backup. And then pitching is the other thing. It, it, we've talked about it before. We have got a top, we've got an ace in Garrett Cole. Now, whether he performed last night or not, we've got an ace. Um, but we have a bunch of four or five guys. Like, you know, they're fifth in the rotation in most other rotations and we need to find at least two quality pitchers that aren't going to get injured. You know, Kluber could be there. Um, it could be that Severino comes back uh, and is that guy, but 
I think we need to find one other, um, you know, a, a genuine ace uh, to, to trouble it. And then I'd like to see Montgomery and Tyon fighting for that for that fifth spot, really. But yeah, for me, pitching, catch straight out of the middle. Let's just look straight out of the middle and fix that. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I can't argue with that. For me, I have to say, um, I the hitting is something that has just depressed me this year. So I, I'm pretty much with Jack on the Marcus Thames thing. I, I have to say, I, I think if it's lunacy to keep going through this <clears throat> time and time and time again, you know, you expect the swing and misses to be the swing and misses. You, you, you're going to deal with that. Um, but I also agree in terms of the rotation. The question is, like now this morning, I would have. Um, I, w- I would have had Boone out of there like a shot. And you read the stuff that's coming out the day. What is it, Boone? I, 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 you know, what, what's the factors? Is Boone going to stay? Most people seem to think that Boone's going to end up staying now, actually, because Cashman likes him. But I don't see... I think that's going to be a hard sell. I think that's going to be a hard sell. I just... I just worry. When I looked at last night lineup, and I hate to repeat myself again, I think once you get past three, there's nothing there. There's there, there's nothing there. There's the, in in terms of our hitting, and I think we need to make some serious acquisitions there. And and I I think Rizzo, as much as it's been nice having him, I assume he's going to go back to the Cubs. I assume he's going to go, and there's there's opportunities. Um, the the Corey Seager deal would be a fantastic one. I mean, we'd probably find a way that he'd trap his face in a toaster and get injured, and then uh, <laughs> then we just you know because that just seems to be the way things go for us. But but I agree. So my two changes would be the hitting coach, and I think I would settle on. Uh, I, I'm probably not as if we could get two to add to the rotation, Chris. I think I'm I'm, I'm probably with you about that. that's the be a great thing to. That's got to be the goal, wasn't it? Whether you whether you do that or not. Well, I remember we missed out Patrick Corbin, and you think to yourself, God, imagine if we'd been in these positions now. So. Well, I think one way or another, we've got we're gonna we're gonna go through a lot, and we're gonna have to watch everybody else do the thing that we wanted to do, and that is watch us go do. It. And then the start of this season, and I think in a couple of weeks' time, we'll come back together and look back on what our predictions were. Um, <laughs> spoilers for some of us, they were wrong. Um, <laughs> but, but I think that's something we're gonna. Do. Sorry, Chris, you were about to say something. Just I, someone's head has got to be on the block for this. I mean, yeah. Mar- Marcus Thames is not a big enough fire, to be honest, is he? No. Well, it's, it's not Phil, Phil, Phil Nevin's Boone's appointment, and that's why that's why I was thinking about the Phil Nevin last night because Steinbrenner, having re- I'm reading, I'm just finished up on the Yogi Berra book at the moment, and you know that Nevin wouldn't have made out into the car park on that decision last night. Oh, Steinbrenner would have fired in the third <laughs> inning, right? As he would have had someone yeah. else out there coaching, but. Yeah. But I, I think the two coaches that should come back for me is uh, Harkey in the bullpen. I think he's done a good job. And I think Matt Blake has done a good job with the pitching coach. He's really helped our pitching staff become for what what we thought was going to be a major, major issue for us this year with our starting pitching. Ended up being somewhat of a strength in a way. Our, our offense was what really killed us most of the time this year. So, like, and like, like Chris said, like, you can't have guys that are like, like, Montgomery, like he's a solid number three or four, but they're expecting him to be like a number two. You can't do that. Like Tyon is a borderline two, you know, maybe a three. There's too many guys that like are not. And like, I get it. Cause like, it's like new philosophy with, with the way the game is now, like the Rays imply it and everyone wants to be like them or like, you know, this like uh short reliever kind of like, you know, 
opener thing and you know the the bulk guy and they, it works for them but like it works for them because of like their payroll like they're not they don't have the assets that i feel like we have to like go out and sign like a guy like a max scherzer type or like you know uh even guys like who are free agents like uh um who else is going to be a free agent this year um uh had it up here yesterday i think i sent it to you it was like uh, good decent oh, yeah. like Kershaw. They got Carlos Rondon's a free agent. Uh, I mean, Marcus Stroman, he's a solid pitcher. I mean, I would take him on the team. He pitched well for the Mets. He's pitched in New York. Like, obviously, he's a bit of a head case. Like, Robbie Ray is going to get paid. I mean, obviously, someone's going to pay him. But, like, why you like Robbie Ray or you don't like Robbie That's Ray? music to R- Rob's ears. So, oh, so, yeah. no, so the thing is that I, because my because of my name, I like yeah. Robbie Ray anyway. But the yes. fact is, actually, I quite like Robbie Ray, but because of my name, that became a thing I brought in. But actually, this year that he's had, you've got to admit, and you know, and I've I've had some dog's abuse about Robbie Ray on this on this podcast. I've had absolute yeah. dog's abuse. He's gonna get paid this year. Oh yeah. He I mean he totally changed his whole entire career around, like from where he was in Arizona. Like he also he always had talent there, but like I feel like he finally like figured something out with his delivery or the way he was. You know, his, his walk rates went way down. That's what's his problem is he walked too many people and gave up too many home runs. So, like, something – he figured something out in the middle of everything. So, like, yeah, like you said, he's probably going to win the Cy Young, in my opinion. And uh, I think he's definitely going to get paid by somebody. I don't know who's going to pay him. But, you know, like, there isn't, like – other than, like, you know, a few guys, like, we, the only people we have really coming off the books this year is Kluber, Heaney, Rizzo, I think Jolie Rodriguez is a player option or a club option. Greg Gardner the same way. O'Day is a free agent. Boone and Adam Warren. Other than that, everyone else is under contract still for at least another year. And and I'm sorry, but like they need to seriously address this judge situation like soon because like it's gonna start to get ugly. I feel like the man wants to clearly be here. Pay the man. Just get it out of the way and like deal with it. Like enough already. Like I know. He's proven himself. I know people say, oh, he had too many injury plague seasons. But, like, if you just look at what he did this year on a fully healthy season, the man is one of the top ten players in baseball. Like, I mean, come on. You could even argue maybe even top five with the way he plays. And I, I could say as a homer, like, I'm a big judge guy. But, I mean, they don't – the Yankees – he's the only player that the Yankees have, like, legitimately developed in the last, like, 15, 20 years that's been their own player. It's been, like, Brett Gardner and Aaron Judge. And obviously Sanchez for a while, but like that's been consistently every single year, you know, like Torres wasn't their own. They got him in a trade. So that doesn't really count for me personally. Like, yes, it's good scouting and trade, you know, when you get for him. But other than that, like, I don't really know. They've developed obviously bullpen arms, which is, you know, seems to be their, their one thing that they're very good at is developing like high leverage pitchers and finding guys here and there, but they still haven't been able to develop great starting pitching. Debbie Garcia, who was like one of their top prospects, had an awful season in AAA, just terrible season. They screwed him up all together. I don't know. His delivery was so different from what it was. And, you know, but I, I know I'm probably speaking too much, but you guys can go ahead. But, I mean, I, 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 we are going to do uh, one on your on your time down with the, with the minor leagues because I think we, we do need to know. Who, who's coming up and I think we'll, we'll, we'll certainly do that one in a couple of weeks so I've got I've got two more questions so Kev's put I'm going to take one of Kev's questions our, our dearly missing Glaswegian 
god of all men. Um, do you think the Yankees what would succeed? I, yeah, I know. You, you, I, could you not hear the cynicism in my fucking voice there, mate? Dude, come on. Yeah, Mark, did did he here. write that for you and then pay you to say it? He's slipping the squid under the table as we speak. Yeah. It's, 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 it's odd to do this podcast and not have someone do a little bit into the microphone. You know, I don't know if you've ever, you can hear when you play it back. Wait, wait, wait. He's downing pint after pint on the pod. <laughs> anyway, do you think the Yankees would succeed under new ownership is his question. Uh, I don't know how you measure that, but I, it depends on the, on, on the ownership. You know, Steve Cohen, I, one day I'd love to talk about the Mets, the Steve Cohen experience, but that's not for today. I think the question is, are we pissed off with Hal Steinbrenner and actually you know, in the salary cap, I mean, we do. Chris, I'll let Chris, I'll let Chris back this one first. Is it, is it likely that they're going to sell though? Really? I mean, I, I feel like it's a, it's a theoretical question too far because they're not going to sell and they'll be around for a long time. And I'm, I'm, I don't have any control over it. So I don't really care. Um, I guess if, if the Steinbrenner family were for family were terrible and you know they were treating people horribly or whatever, then, then you might find a reason to hate them. But I, I don't, I don't have a major issue with them. I, I don't think new ownership is the is the is the it's going to solve all our problems. New ownership isn't going to solve that. So uh, in answer to the question, I, I don't think that change in ownership is the right thing to be doing. I think the next CBA is going to be really crucial in this as well, isn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, where we're left. Well, it's going to, I, it's I going think to... it doesn't matter who the owner is if the, C, if the CBA doesn't go your way. I mean, I think that's... Yeah, I think the CBA, I, I personally think there's going to be a lockout. But I don't want that to happen, but I feel like that could happen. Just, you know, but I hope they come to an agreement, but that's going to be a major thing about even seeing like where the Yankees even... They reset the tax this year. So, like, what is the next tax threshold going to be? Is it going to go up? You would obviously hope that it's going to go up even more than what was at at 210 this year. So, like, I know that the tax was at 210. So, you would hope it, it, it rises a bit, maybe even 215, 220, you know, but they reset that. So, like, that's my major issue with how um, in the Steinbrenner family is that um, they come off a little bit as like playing, like, oh, poor me, like, we lost so much money you know, yada, 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 you know, we got to reset the tax. And, you know, I get it. Like, you don't have to have a 200 something million dollar payroll, but like, don't come out to the public and cry like, oh, like for me, like we have no money kind of situation. And like, even like last week I went to the game, it's like $21 for chicken bucket and fries. It's like soggy fries that are shit. They're not even good. And like beer's like almost, almost $18 now at the stadium for $18 for a bit. Yeah, for a 16-ounce bottle of beer. Like, it's just insane. Like, I mean, I can't... That's where that's what gets me. It's like their revenue that they're generating still doesn't attribute enough for me to, like, let them have that statement where, like, oh, we lost the most money in MLB from COVID and all that stuff. Like, it's bullshit to me. Like, I get it. Everyone lost money in that time frame. But then, like, don't say, like, you're not making money from the revenue you've generated from even the previous year. And then whatever you got this year, it's, like, double that. So... That's my, I don't have a problem with the family owning the team per se. I think that they're nice people and, you know, obviously they kind of know, but that my issue with Hal is like, he's more of a, 
a business side aspect of running the franchise and actually like his dad was with like wanting to win everything at all costs. And I'm gonna gonna go around. We're gonna do one one more question. There's two answers to this. Okay. Do you keep Boone? Do, do you what? Do, would you keep Boone? And then, do you think Boone will be there at the start of next? Will Boone be in his position? So, would you keep him? And is he going to be there, Jack? We're going to start with you, mate. Um, no, on both. I wouldn't keep him, and I don't think he'll be there. As Chris said, there's got to be someone held accountable for this. I don't think it's going to be Brian Cashman. So I think it's going to be Boone. You can't you can't just get away with sacking your hitting coach as much as much as I think he should be. I, I don't. I think it's just a natural end as well. At the end of his contract, they're, they're not they're not going to have to go through the whole we're sacking the manager. I don't think they'd like that PR stance. I think they're going to go. Yeah, at the end of the contract, we're going somewhere new as to whether it'll be another yes man essentially, which what what Boone is. I don't don't think that will. That will change. I still think it'll be another yes man that's going to do what Brian Cashman tells him to do. But no, I'm going to say no on both of them. Uh, Hugh, go on then. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm also like listening in here on the, the Michael K show as we speak, and he's just slamming the team and the franchise right now. And he was saying he thinks that if they do let Boom go, that it could be between like Buck Showalter and Mark Totsay, but that's, I feel like that's not where they're going to go. I feel like they're going to bring, like Jack said, another yes man. Like, uh, my personal opinion is if they do let Boone go, which I feel like as much as he has done well here, I feel like it's time. Like he's been to the postseason four years in a row and they've digressed every year. Um, they haven't gotten any further than what Joe Girardi got them. So, like, if Joe Girardi gets you the seventh game in the ALCS and then the next guy you bring in, yeah, you make the playoffs, but each year you've digressed each round. So, you know, from like, ALCS to ALDS to the wild card to like out of the wild card. So at some point, someone has to take the fall. And I like, like Jack said, Cashman's like part of the family. Like he's going to have a lifetime contract. He ain't going unless he wants to go. But the guy that I want that I would be interested in for the Yankees, if they're going to not really change philosophy on coaching and they want to bring in like a similar guy to Boone, um, would be Joe Espada, um, who was the Yankees bench coach uh, for years under Joe Girardi. And even he was here. Uh, for a long time, and he was a great bench coach in, our, in the Astros, and he's still there with the Astros. Um, that's who I would go with. He was the third base coach here for a long time. Um, I think he deserved a shot. Uh, that's my personal take. Um, I think he relates well with the, um, the players. I think he relates well with the, um, the Hispanic players as well. Um, you know, so uh, that's who I would oh, choose. But, I don't know. I, I, knew, I haven't even considered that. I'll be honest with you. Um, no, so I'm, I'm I think he has put up a resume where, like, it's time for him to get a chance. Like, you know, like I was core basically it was the same way. Like, he finally got his chance. And as much as it, I, I hate to say, like, um, as much as it annoys me that he's managing again, like, he's a hell of a manager. I was core. You got to give it to him. He's 12 and three in, in the postseason, and he has never lost a postseason series since he's been a manager in the big leagues where Boone is 11 and 11, like you could say, oh, that's a more sample size. But I mean, 11, 11 versus 12 and three, that's, that's saying something to me, you know? I feel like Boone is too, um, he, like, like Chris was mentioning earlier, he's too standoffish, like where he doesn't, he's not bullish to make the move. Like even last night, like, yeah, it's your ace, but like, I do like, he did make the move to Cole, but I feel like it was one batter too late. 
then also he didn't make the move to when he left Severino in too long. He left Severino in one batter too long and gave up the RBI double. Um, see, see that that's another big point that we didn't talk about. But he absolutely left Severino in one batter too long, which resulted in the game being killed, completely killed off at that yeah, point. Yeah, and then and then and then he brought in Chad Green to face the two lefties when you have Wandy Peralta in the bullpen. Yeah. So it doesn't make any sense. Like that's where his in-game managing, on top of his like analytic side of it, it's just not, it's not, it's not connecting anymore. I feel like in a way, there's some kind of disconnect where like something has to change. I mean. I think he's person. I think he's a great guy. Like I don't think he's a bad guy. I mean, I don't hate him. Like I mean, you know. But I just feel like, um, and I know the players love him because, like, you know, he's a players' manager kind of guy. But at the same time, you know, his time has come, hasn't time. it? His yeah, time I, has I, I absolutely think, come, and I love Joe Espada. I, I, I like love the idea of that. That's a good shout. I just, yeah, and I agree with Jack. Yes, and yes, like yes, I want him to go and yes i think he will go and and i do hope they replace him and i love the, love the idea um and, and i think yeah I, they say that the the players don't want him gone i think so that's almost a reason to get him gone because yeah. like if they're happy with the result of this season then they need a new manager like, I, I agree. Like, I, that, that's the first thing I saw when I when I saw that article. I was like, "Yeah, that's that's a good reason." I, I, thanks for bringing that up, Chris. Actually, I think that's a, I think that's spot on. Actually, mate, I really do. I really do. I, I think that the other thing too, like just to you know, I know you got to wrap up soon, but like if they really want to truly embrace the full on analytic approach, where like you dive really deep into it and you really take it into it, then like even someone like you got to consider like someone like David Cohn, like. I mean, honestly, I think he would be a good manager. I think he'd be a great pitching coach. So, like, in that aspect, if that's what they really want to do, like, he knows the game well. He's well-respected in the game. You know, he's great on the broadcast. I mean, I love listening to him on the game. He gives such insight to the whole side of that, the stat cast, analytic side of the baseball that people are it's, – it's, it's kind of refreshing to see someone who's old school that's, that's, like, made the transition to new school in a way that has old school mentality. So like that's that's kind of how I feel about it. Like I I'm old school, and I'm sure you guys are too. But like I have ex- accepted some of the the way that the game is played now with the analytics. So like you have to be able to. It's like what Billy Bean says in uh, Moneyball: adapt or die. Right? You know that's what you got to do. You know he hires uh, Pete the Pete Podesta, like you know to be his, when they get into the whole analytics thing with Moneyball. Like that's what you got to do. It's like you either adapt or you or you die. And right now, like the arrogance of even Boone's comment of last night. That's what pissed me off too. Was after the post game, he's sitting there and he says, the, leagues have, the league has caught up to us. Well, what have they caught up to? Nothing. You haven't done anything in the last four years. The two years, the last two years, you, you've lost to two years of the last four, you lost to the Red Sox. And two years, you lost to the, to the Rays and, and, and you got knocked out by uh, the Astros. So, like, it's just, um, I don't know. I just feel like that was very an arrogance of, like, what no one's caught up. You have to catch up to everybody else. I feel like they, they you know, you're not, no one's catching up to you. I can see if you said that if you won four championships in a row and then you said something like that, but I just feel like it was just a cringe, like common in the post game for him to say something like that. It was baffling. It was baffling. Um, I think we've done just over the hour mark chaps. Uh, and thanks for joining. Cause I think actually we've covered a lot of good. I think we've covered a lot of good ground actually. Um, and it wasn't the big swear 
murdering fest that I thought it was that I thought it was going to be. So maybe if those of you listening at home can just shout out some expletives wherever you are, uh, and a combination of which that we may have missed. Uh, I think that would be very nice. Um, so we're going to wrap things up. Thanks for joining me tonight, guys. And I think what we're going to end up doing is taking a couple of weeks off. Um, and, and coming together towards the end of the season, because I think we're all, as much as we love doing this podcast, sometimes it's like picking peanuts out of poo with the way this team plays. It's, it's, a, it's a tough old, it's a tough old gig this sometimes. I know it's a lovely set of phrase. <laughs> but you're just like, it's a beautiful poetry. In Like any any time that you come on the pod, Rob, Rob it's, it's like, you know, you, the, you were talking about... Um, you know, Gary Sanchez smearing shit all over Jack's walls earlier. It's, it's just always, you know, it's like, it's, it's imagery, beautiful imagery that you conjure beautiful, up. Beautiful, beautiful. It's like, it's Larkin-esque, I think. It is, uh, It's like, you know, and, and the, the, anyone would think I, I work in academia, which is quite depressing. Isn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> and so uh, we're going to wrap things up. So where can we find, where can everyone find you, Chris? You can find me uh, in the pub. Quite frankly, after yeah. what, what's just happened, uh, or uh, yeah, re- looking at the season of other teams um, in British baseball and enjoying that instead. Good, I think that's a good use of your time, and certainly I'm looking forward to sleeping at night now as well. What about you, Jack? Um, I think you guys know where to find me. I mean, I need to yeah, we, repeat we it again, yeah. do I? Uh, well, you, 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 no, not really. No, not really. So don't forget, everyone, that's, that's bbccrimewatch.co.uk. Uh, uh, we're going to go there. Uh, and Hugh, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me on uh, uh, Twitter, uh, Here's the Sports. Um, you can find me on Instagram, the same. And uh, TikTok is uh, at humankenna 75 I do like the recaps, you know. But uh, I also, since the last time I was on the podcast, uh, I did take a position working for the, the Yankees and the pinstripe prospects. Um, so I'm covering some of the minor league teams and I'm specifically covering uh, the Hudson Valley Renegades. Uh, so that's the team locally by me. So uh, hopefully, you know, everyone can kind of enjoy the content that we have coming out. And like I said, I would love to do prospect talks with you guys anytime, or, you know, I always appreciate you guys having me on as well. I love the podcast. You guys are great. And you guys are great chaps and uh, love being and talking out with you guys. So it's, it's awesome to be with you again. And yeah. I, 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 I think that's a perfect place to end. You know, you know just saying how great we are. I mean, I, I, I don't know about you. I, I think, I, I think we, I think look we reached that, our look pinnacle. That, look at that, look at that American charm. You know, come on. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's positively addicted. Even I might start being. Now nice you can buy, me, now you can buy me a Guinness like Ted Lasso in the pump in the pipe. <laughs> no, no, we'll, no, we'll do. Get, get your selection of other things. Uh, okay, and I, at the point I, where I, we I, reduce Rob to lies. Oh, one, might, <laughs> one I might buy you a pint. <laughs> Who are you two trying to kid? And two. I'm nice. We'll call that a day. No, uh, Robbie, Robbie Ray, baby. Robbie Ray. <laughs> yeah. Cy Young, Cy Young. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much. So thanks for everyone listening, and we'll see you soon. Cheers, guys. Good night.